0: another episode of downtime with cranston public library this is a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading what we've been watching and what we've been loving taylor is away this week i'm your guest host elena
1: i'm a youth services librarian at centric library and my pronouns are she her hi good afternoon elena my name is carla Jaggi, and i'm a library assistant and my pronouns are she her Good afternoon. My name is Dana Santagata.
2: I'm the Circulation Supervisor at the Cranston Public Library, and my pronouns are also she, her.
0: Slay. Both are perfect. (laughs) A little bit later in the show, we'll talk to Dana and Carla about working on the Circulation Desk. But before we get to that, let's start out, as we always do, with what
1: have you been reading? Who wants to go first? Okay, I will go first. Let's see. The most recent thing that I read was um, What Happened to the Bennetts by Lisa Scattellini. Um, I would say that that book was really riveting at the beginning. I think I ended up reading till like two o'clock in the morning. I don't ever do that. I'm in bed by 10. But I um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the only problem was it kind of got a little out of control at the end where it was a little unbelievable, but it was entertaining nonetheless. So I would Definitely recommend it. It's a good read.
0: Is it a mystery or a thriller?
1: Is it's that... a mystery. It's a thriller. It's um, about a family that ends up going into the Witness Protection Program and all of the intricacies of how they got there. So it's fun.
0: Lovely.
2: Yes. Okay, Ms. Dana. I haven't been reading as much, but I have been using the Libby
0: app, and right now I'm listening to Me by Elton John. Is it like an autobiography? Yes. Oh, yeah. I wish I was more into autobiographies, but um, I don't like listening to people talk about themselves, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's him and <laughs> another gentleman.
2: So it's really good. I okay. so
0: love that. And he's so narrating cool. it too?
2: Yes, yeah, some of oh, it. Oh, no, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Okay, well... I've been sort of in a reading slump, so I've been listening to horror books, which is kind of annoying because you don't, for me personally, I don't get that horror factor to it. But I've been reading The Thing Between Us, which is about a man who loses his partner because of a vengeful ghost that lives in their condo, and then he leaves. And he goes to the woods, and this ghost follows him. And it appears to him as a brick wall that sort of, like, moves everywhere. Wow. And you never know what's actually real versus what isn't, what is alive versus what isn't. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I love it. I love it. And then I also read one after that called The Grip of It. That one's by Jar Jamie or Jemk, I think. Um, And that one is about a couple who are having like a rough time in their relationship and then they move into a brand new house and it turns out it's haunted but it's also alive and like you can like stare at the wall and literally see it breathing like inhaling and exhaling (laughs) and sort of expanding and decontracting but it's weird because like it's not a classic horror where like people die there's blood it's just like what is happening and the entire time again like you don't know what's real psychological exactly and that's my favorite type of horror is that literary horror where you don't actually know what's real, what isn't, and you get no answers. I love when a book gives me no answers. I
1: <laughs> eat it up, honestly. And because you let your imagination go wild. Exactly. and Yeah, that makes it more fun, and I think. And partially,
0: like, that's the truth, right? Like, we could step into any type of haunted house and be like, that was a really weird interaction I had. Right. Don't get it. Don't want to get it. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for so. the experience. Hey, see ya. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, do you want to talk about shows also? Finish shows. Whatever. Um... You you watch well I, Yeah, I watch a lot
2: of things on Netflix, the Harlan Colbin adapted books. But oh. Netflix are fabulous. Like Stay Close, The Stranger. They were wonderful.
3: I like his books. Yeah. I've, I've, I, I've never,
2: never read shows. his books but I um a friend of mine, um, Katie, told me about them. These mm-hmm. they're phenomenal. They're like a miniseries, eight episodes. I love it But way. they're really good. And they're setting.
1: Yeah. Those okay. are fun. Yeah. yeah. I-, I liked them a lot. I I think one of the things that we've watched recently, it was um, called Bad Sisters, and they're all, it takes place in Ireland, Mm -hmm. and they have a brother-in-law who is evil, 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 (laughs) through and through. And it's so, it's, I would say it's probably kind of black humor, I would guess, Mm because it's dark, you know, Mm -hmm. but it is they think of all different ways to kill him <laughs> this brother-in-law it is it's funny and actually Bono's daughter okay. is in the show and she's really great they're all great actually George is uh, George just finished watching it as well oh, so he yes. really enjoyed it yeah. he's been talking he's always,
0: about it i was going to say George always has some of the most unhinged tv show <laughs> <Yeah>. recommendations <laughs> yeah. i yeah. watch whatever he tells me and i'm like wow yeah. that really That was (laughs) weird to think about. Yeah, yeah. something to think about. Um, I've been watching Abbott Elementary, which is sort of like yeah, the Office sort of themed, yes, but about teachers. And I love it. I think it's hysterical. My mom's a behavioral tech, which at her school is basically just a teacher assistant. Um, She's been on and off in that field lots of times. So she relates to basically every single episode. Um, And I think it's hilarious. It's like a specific scene where the custodian and one of the teachers finds a cat in the closet. (laughs) And the custodian is like, I'm going to feed the cat a piece of bacon. And then the teacher who's like supposed to be like the white liberal progressive young teacher is like, what? That's the silliest thing ever! You can't do that. You know, cats are pescatarian, and <laughs> and um, the custodian says, "You're telling me this cat believes in God?" And I don't know why, but that sent me. I was like, I was like, it was just like a five second interaction on the show, and it just stole me. I just loved it. So
1: yeah, that sounds great. I know that I've seen that the producer or the director, that she's won mm-hmm, a ton yeah, of sorry. awards recently, mm-hmm. but she's in the show, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. A director, producer. She wow. does it all. I'll have to try yeah. that.
0: And I used to watch her, like, way back in the day when I was in high school on Vine, so, like, seeing her as, like, an everyday uh-huh. person to them, being a
1: journalist, you know, an actor doing all this. is like, really cool, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that nice. is cool. I did not realize that she was, had Vines and things, yeah that's interesting i've seen that at the library i think we own vines i, I think vines so. no that's a social
0: media
2: oh no then i don't know that it's like vines, TikTok. i think Not oh
0: TikTok. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no Vine was like before tiktok okay there would be no tiktok if it wasn't for Vine. okay that's yeah
3: fine. Okay. no that's no. so funny <laughs> and we'll return to the show after a quick break Cranston Public Library is pleased to bring poetry to our patrons all without leaving the comfort of home. No internet, computer, or smartphone required. A recorded poem read by a CPL staff member will be available every Tuesday afternoon. To listen, call 401-900-1090 and be sure to check back weekly to hear what's new. For more information about this service, please visit cranstonlibrary.org on the line. Udemy is an online learning platform for adults who want to improve work-related skills or further develop a personal interest. Users can search through more than 4,000 continuously updated on-demand video courses across 75 categories, including business, technology, design, and more. All courses are taught by world-class instructors and offer a tailor-made learning experience for those who want to learn new technologies and skills to stay competitive in the changing workforce. All you need to get started is your library card and a Google or Microsoft account. You can find more information about how to sign up for Udemy at cranstonlibrary.org.
0: So with that, we can hop right into my questions. Are we ready? All right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to start with Dana, just because you have a longer history working in the public library system. Mm -hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit of how you got started in the field of libraries?
2: Just in Cranston or when I really started way back when in Providence?
0: Way back when in Providence. um,
2: I started at Providence Public Library probably in 1983. I was working nights at AT AT&T in the collections office, which I hated. And um, we only had one car, so I had to go downtown and wait for hours and hours until my job started at 5. So I wandered into the library to look for some books, and I asked for a job, and I got it. And I shelved for a year and a half. And then my boss, Mrs. Hindle, asked me if I wanted to be on the circulation desk. And I said, sure. And that's Mm -hmm. how it started. So I gave up my awful night job fighting with people to collect phone bills. (laughs) And I started full-time there. And then I went from there to the library. nineteen. 19- like, that's 18- incredible. 1988, yeah. I started full-time. I think I was one of the youngest full-time staff here that was ever hired outside of the Cranston Public Library System. So that was pretty cool. That is. I think I was 19 or 20. What? Yeah. That's bonkers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I was library assistant, too, until three years ago mm-hmm. when I became the Circulator
0: work by the way work we love you dana where would we be without miss absolutely the best who's ever done it that's right so
2: yeah so it's been really great i've grown a lot i've learned a lot from everyone i love the kids you amanda Derek, aiden yeah i've learned a lot i feel like we've got really some yeah almost i agree yeah yeah so can you
0: tell us a little bit more about your position um,
2: well, I'm responsible for really all the movings and shakings of the library. What comes in, what goes out, the material, where it goes, how it's processed, um, delivery, managing a department of 52 people, I think. You better check. <laughs> <laughs> um, the schedule is what I do. That's my biggest job, I'm trying to keep track of the schedule on a daily
0: basis. Lots of moving parts to yeah, so that. Lots of moving yeah. parts. Yeah. I mean, circulation, I don't think people realize it, it really is like the front-facing part yeah. of the library. Yeah. You see the most people. Yeah. You interact right. with the most people yeah. Yeah. every day, right? right. right. Checking right. in, checking out books, the holds, everything. And you that's so what I love well.
2: about it. I really don't like to spend a lot of time in my office. Mm-hmm. I like to be out front, interacting with the staff and yeah. the patrons, and then I get a good handle on what's going on, what's working, what's not working, you know? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Carla, we'll move on to you. Okay. You just started
1: full time. Yes. What was I'm very your happy about that. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Loves Carla. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank it's you. True. I love this. it's true. That's one of the reasons why I even thought about taking it is because it is such a great group of people. I mean, honestly, I was a stay at home mother for twenty one years. It's a long time to be out of the workforce, you know, and um, so I think just that everyone made me feel comfortable and accepted and it's just a great place to work. So when the opportunity did arise um, for me to become full time. I had to take it, I'm and so and I shouldn't yes. say take it because I had to interview. I mean, it was a whole process, so yeah. it was uh, well worth it, though, because I'm really enjoying it. So it's been a little yeah. over a month. Yeah. Oh, almost wow. two months. Yeah, almost it seems two. Like it has
2: been longer than
1: that. It, I know, but I've been here, you know, I've been here since August of 2021, so yeah. that was part of it, too. You know, I did know everyone, and it just – I was very happy that that happened, so –
0: And what were your, like, perceptions
1: of the library before working? So, I, you know, I thought the library was just a place to come and check out books, not really knowing, you know, there's magazines, there's DVDs, the social services that Mm -hmm. are available, you know, the assistance that, the reference desk that, you know, for the people that require it, the children's, I, I just think that, um... People think of it as a place to just check out books when it's so much so more. more. I mean, yeah. Yep, oh, yeah. definitely. It's multifaceted and has so
0: many layers to it. Every yeah. position does so much work. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's why I wanted to do this because I wanted to like give the audience, whoever happens to fall upon this, realize, oh, wow, you know, within their position, it's not just checking in and checking out books. They do so much more.
1: Right. So like, yep. now in your position as a full-timer, how does that differ for you? than You're the part-time. part-time. Yeah. So I would say that it, it's a little bit more, um, I have more responsibilities. Um, and there are, uh, especially with our new system coming up, that's going to be another thing. So I think that uh, there were some things that Dana is going to have me do later on, but there was no sense me learning it in the old system. Yeah. And we'll wait for the new system. So some of that reporting, right. um, Dealing with the money, I never ran the register or anything like that. That's something that was new, you know. Um, I think kind of just being another set of hands for Dana when she is in the office. And if anybody has questions of the staff, you know, I, I'm always able to help with that now, too. Um, and she really stepped up. Oh, thank you. Seamlessly, thank you. Really stepped into
2: her role, which that's helps great. me a lot too.
1: That's that's why I'm here, right? <laughs> <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it is. It's like I feel like I've been here forever. Honestly, I think it feels like for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have never guessed that you
0: would be full time for a month. if you were yeah. At this point, a Even few me years, too. like since the beginning, since I have started working right you just fit in so well thank you I feel the
1: same you guys are the best I love it here very happy so yes thank you of course
0: (laughs) now can we get into some of the specific responsibilities like sort of maybe explaining what a holds list is or even when we say delivery right so what does that mean because so I remember so many times working at circulation I'd be like oh I have to check delivery and they're like what do you mean yeah I'm like well books travel the state they're like what do you mean and then I'd have to sort of go through that process of like blah, blah 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 Not blah, blah 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 but yeah exactly yeah. yeah
2: well as far as the delivery and how it works we're in a consortium so every library in the state pays the state to belong to this consortium which hires out a private contractor to deliver and pick up books at the various libraries so basically it's a courier for every library in the state So when you put something on hold, if it's not here, we check the shelves. It's not here. We run a holds list in the morning, which is between 40 and 60. Usually, yes. In the morning and 40 and 60 items at night. So we'll go to the shelves, pick what we have, send it into the delivery, which are the blue or gray? I think they're gray. The gray, the bins. Gray bins. Um, We check them in. Our transmittal slips, prints to go to the various libraries in the state. Mm -hmm. We put them in the bins. And a courier comes in the morning once a day to pick them up. They go to a central location, I think it's in Warwick, where they parcel them all out to the various libraries. And then they spread out over the state and deliver the items from library to library. So if you put something on hold here and it's in South Kingston, South Kingston will pick it off the shelf, check it in, put it in the bin, and it comes through the delivery. So that's basically how we get... A lot of the books we don't own, and well, vice okay. versa.
0: You did a great job explaining. I that. I know that uh, was awesome. really good. Yeah, you Thanks. Think you're so natural at this.
1: And well, and uh, <laughs> I think also too with the um being able to uh, drop books off right. at any library, right? In right. The all state, of that comes yes. into play, and it's, and the circulation
2: delivery. is on the forefront of handling all that material, oh, all yeah. of it. Exactly. Yeah. We do it primarily ourselves. The circulation desk does all of that.
0: And also because we're one of sort of the larger libraries in the state, our holds list is that long. Whereas right. other branches, other libraries throughout right. the state can have a list that's like eight books, ten books. And that mm-hmm. also depends, of course, like if we have a long weekend, right? Like yes. we've had wicked long lists, right? right? right. Like sixty right. titles, oh, more than that yeah. Times, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it helps the smaller libraries
2: because we lend everything. Ed is really particular on what you know what we lend, and we lend everything. So by having that system of holds and delivery it helps the smaller libraries that don't have the you know the collection that we have
1: and for those patrons so, that can't travel right. that they can get to their home library right. to right. pick it up rather That's than right. having to come here right. or some other bigger library right. in the state so it's a it great system as far as outreach I love the holds list
0: because it's also a really good way to train new staff members. Right? Then you yes. get to know the entire yes, collection. Exactly. Yes. Right. You get to see what we have to offer, sort of like the movement of the collection, seeing what's popular, what maybe isn't popular. Right. right. And then also, again, thinking about branches and small libraries, as a circ staff member, you almost play those surface level roles of a public librarian. So then like even a holds list is going to give you so much input for like what we call reader's advisory, yes, right? Exactly. When painter's like, oh... I'm looking for this Patterson book. You automatically think back to, wow, on the holds list, I recognize Patterson, large print goes out constantly. Right. You know, so a holds list is so valuable. Yeah, way more valuable than people realize. And it's just like five pieces of paper.
2: And it also helps the shelvers to show them that that job, yes, it's putting books away, but it's the first line of defense. Because if they're not put in order, we can't find things. Mm -hmm. Patrons who are browsing can't find things when they search from the catalog. Mm -hmm. So shelvers are very, very important to the library very important probably one of the most important jobs oh yeah and the most thankless
1: job absolutely I'd agree with that for sure but it definitely is um helps you get to know the library doing the shelving I enjoyed that being able to see where everything was when I was new, you know, mm-hmm. because you walk in and it is a little overwhelming because right. we have so many books, DVDs, magazines, like yeah. we have everything. Right. So I think that the whole shelving piece is huge. Yeah.
0: I always tell our new shelver that the collections are a lot like the ocean, right? Like it's constant moving back and forth, back and forth. And so that's why it's important to not only like front the books and make sure they look really pretty, but also shifting is important and paying attention to those areas in the collection that move the most. Yes. yes exactly. You always have to keep yes. an eye on those things. And I'm yes. like, it's so important that, you know, you find those books that are misplaced because it could be the only copy in this state and somebody could be looking for it and they might need it for a homework assignment. They right. might need it for a presentation. They can need it for anything. Like, it, it almost seems so dramatic to put it that way, but it, it, it it's true. You can't underestimate you know I mean. the, the shelving
2: component because it's that, and that, you know.
0: that important.
2: Oh, yep. yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the key to everything.
0: Sort of bouncing back to circulation being that, like, again, first interaction you get when you come into the library, you see the most people. You get a lot of different situations that you have to deal with very specifically, using very specific verbatim, following policies and practices. Are there any, like, specific ones you would pull from that you'd like to share with us? Is there a sort of thought process that you keep with when you have to deal with, like, missing items, build items, damaged items, uh, maybe a patron, you know, refuses to follow a certain policy, doesn't want to return a book, is giving you a hard time. How do you deal with it? I usually take it on a case-by-case
2: basis, and I, I'm pretty lenient, I would say, only because Ed and I feel, you know, we share the same sentiment that we should probably make it a welcoming mm-hmm. experience, um, trying not to make it so punitive. I think I would err on the side of being a little more lenient, maybe, than other libraries. I try to... F- make the patron feel how I would feel if I was in that position. Because I really don't think that they're doing it deliberately. And then if they become a problem like I've told Carl, we'll we'll find out about it sooner or later and then I'll have to revamp how I handle it. But that really hasn't happened too much.
1: No, I have a couple of
2: families that we you know that are on our radar, but that's it doesn't usually happen that often. So I would say I'm all yeah with people. You know, I want it to be a, a pleasant experience.
0: I feel like here in Cranston, we have really good communication in regards to, like, what's happening from one circus to the next. At least in the children's apartment, I feel like we have a lot of really good communication. Yeah. So, yeah. that also really helps. Yeah. And also that mindset, which is something I also tell the showovers whenever I get the chance. I'm like, you know, they'll come up to me and be like, wow, that, you know, that patron was really acting some type of way today or something. And I also, tell them like, you don't know what type of day they're having outside this building. Right. right? Like, yeah. They could just be having a really bad moment right now, and even if I'm having a bad day, I'm not going to bring that bad day to work. I can't speak for everyone else, but for me, like, I have to be that palatable person that's going to say hello, good morning, good evening, and I'm going to come here and do my job. We don't know everyone. We can't know everyone. That's too much baggage in the first place, right? right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's not ideal when I get a saucy patron, but what it, no, it does and it, happen. And that's with, that's with every career field, I always feel oh,
1: like yeah. You deal with the public, that's just how it is. Yeah. And I think that it's, and I've said this before, you know, I feel like it's often um, the uh, the saucy patron, are, they're fewer, but they're louder. Yeah. So, you know, I think our patrons are much... More on the friendly side versus this right. quote unquote saucy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like that saucy side. Yeah. yeah, but um, so I just i I don't know. I think the whole customer service piece kind of had me a little a little nervous because that was so outside of my wheelhouse. Because yeah. I worked for a medical company and um, they sold. Uh, giant medical equipment so I was in an office I did not deal necessarily mm-hmm. with the public so but I've been enjoying that piece of it too because I am a little on the social side <laughs> <laughs> I, mean,
0: I have a mentee who will email me back and forth and will take phone calls and and she visited me about three weeks ago. She was supposed to stay just for an hour. She ended up staying for four hours because she was like, you're telling me things library school doesn't teach you. Yeah. And I was like, See? yeah, you don't got to tell me about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. one of the things that she asked me about was how do you disengage from work, right? Like, how do you deal with all those interactions with people and then walk away from that at the end of the day? Do you even walk away from it at the end of the day? And I told her, for me personally, I told her I cannot speak for anyone else, but for me personally, it's... It's easy for me to disengage because I've had so many different types of interactions. I was like, as a woman of color, I have lots of different types of interactions at a lot of different places. And so for me, it's just an automatic, like, click of the button in my head, right? Like, always keeping in mind, I don't know what's happening in everybody's lives. And I cannot be the resolution to everything. And even when I try my hardest, it's not going to be the best for everybody. And just knowing that I'm trying my best is always going to help me disengage from my work. Um, For her, she was like, wow, that was something I've never, you know. Yeah, plus I think
2: the longer you're here, you mm-hmm. develop those skills over time. Yeah, I know absolutely. for myself, I've learned how to kind of maneuver on the desk in an efficient way, in mm-hmm. a kind and considerate way, but also kind of reading, well, no, we need to end this. Mm-hmm. But right. those are skills you develop over time. You know, you get a sense of people, right? I think. And that,
0: that comes just with experience.
1: Mm-hmm. I you would
0: know. agree with that for mm-hmm. sure. And the social aspect is just one pocket of it. There's so right. many other things. Yeah, so like, yeah. We're going heavy on that part, but like that's yeah. just one pocket right. of it. Right, right. Yeah. Right.
2: But that's the fun part. I mean, I know when I was um, when I worked in Providence, I was an assistant um, administrator, and I was upstairs, and I hated every because I worked in an office with three administrators, and I didn't see anyone, I couldn't talk to anyone.
0: Uh-huh. Right.
2: So I really missed that part
0: of it. Yeah, I did an internship at the Rhode Island Historical Society. And they didn't talk to anybody. It drove me crazy. I was like, "You don't even talk to each other." And I've always dreamed of having a cubicle. I always wanted the cubicle job. (laughs) And then I did my internship at the historical society, and I realized, "Whoa, I need to talk to people every day." No cubicle job.
2: Yeah, (laughs) some people are like that, but a lot of well, I know for myself, and I think I can speak for Carla. We crave that interaction. Yes, you know that just banter and and human, you know, contact. Definitely. That's why I don't spend much time in my
0: office by myself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's why I come in and I leave, like, quote-unquote, the long way, because I don't have to be friends with everyone, but I need to know everyone and everyone I work with, and I want to say hi. Yeah. And when I don't do that, people come after me, and they're like, well, were you even in the building if you <laughs> Right, <yeah." laughs> right, I'm like, yeah. And I always feel bad, like, especially at Cirque, if I, am like, didn't say hi earlier on in the day. I'm like, well, I'm terrible now. I'm No, <laughs> no.
1: no one can ever think that no. of you, Elena. never, never. <laughs>
0: well, I want to jump topics just a little bit okay. and be kind of nosy. And I wanted to ask if you weren't working at the library and you were able to sort of switch careers, what type
1: would you choose for yourself? I know that's a big one. Cause I, my career really was raising children. I feel like, um, so I feel like in some senses I have switched and this is what I've chosen, you know, mm-hmm. so that's, I kind of I love that. am not sure. Thank you. I'm not sure yeah. about that other than that kind of an answer for that. Is that all right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you mean now or we before never. we started this?
0: It's up to you how you want to answer yeah. it.
2: I would love to have a job outside, landscaping, gardening, something. That's what Emily
0: said. Yeah. Emily was like, she's going to say contractor. contractor. It's was like, what? Really?
2: Yes. Oh, contractor, too, yeah. I would love to flip houses if I had the
0: money. Which <laughs> <laughs> I
2: Yeah, anything like that. Anything outside, she's right. Because Nag and I used to talk a lot about that stuff. That's mm-hmm. why he was a good ear for that.
0: Mm. I think about it, too. Which, like, maybe isn't fair because I just started my career and I haven't been a librarian for a year. I'm getting there, though. I think my anniversary is in, like, two months. Yeah, yeah. let's see. Um, but I don't know. I feel like... I think for me, it's more so thinking of my future and like where I would like my position to transfer or transition, excuse me, into. Yeah. I don't really know what it is. I know I want to be the boss. I'll tell you right now. I'm manifesting (laughs) it. I'm manifesting it right here. I want to be the boss. The boss of what? I don't know.
2: But
1: But just the boss. That's all right. Put it
0: out there. Yeah. I want to have
2: a team. That's the the best part about being a boss. Yeah. Is the team. Mm -hmm. If you have a great team. It's, it's much better for the boss.
1: And honestly,
0: I got that from you, Dana. Because, like, otherwise I would have never imagined myself in that position. A quick shout-out to you. I would never be where I am if it wasn't for you I right. you advocate. Your
2: potential always
0: I mean yeah you were the first person to say you should go to library school and I had been working I'd been training at Circ for maybe like four or five days only and you were just like this is something you should consider and I remember yeah. thinking in my head that's the dumbest thing in the entire world <laughs> library school is not real <laughs> she's a silly duck no way um, mm. and then yeah it just really got honed into me and it just boiled and it was so weird because like I kind of hated working in circulation but again I love the social aspect and I loved working with everyone right um again yeah, just staying at Circ and working at all the branches and again having you advocate for me I would not have had the opportunities here at Crescent Public Libraries if it wasn't for you I don't know about them yeah no seriously it was all you Dana I would never be where I am you so Shout
1: out to you, <laughs> I, I, the best <laughs> boss in the world. Yep, yep. Mm. I and that is very. That's very true. You talk about having a good team. I think that um, that that's it starts from the top. You know, like it is. It's important that we have a good boss mm-hmm. so that the team can be good as well.
0: You're our support Thank system.
1: Yep. Thank you. Yep i
0: appreciate it of course with that we can wrap up the show with a segment called the last chapter where we talk about a library or bookish related question for this week's question i'm going to ask you if you're embarking on a year-long spiritual retreat slash journey and the only personal possession you could bring with you are a change of clothes a toothbrush and one book what would be the book Or in this instance, I will give you the choice of picking a movie or a soundtrack, whatever you want.
2: Well, a movie, that's different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you pick one of each. Yeah, you can do (laughs) one one of each. each. I'll let you do whatever you want.
2: Um, All right, so if I could only pick one movie, it would be The Count of Monte Cristo with um, Jim Caviezel. Have you ever seen that one? No. No. Fabulous. Um... I love music so much. I have it on all the time, almost 24-7. But I would have to say Turn the Page by Bob Seger, which you probably don't even Ooh, know. That's a good one. Yeah, I saw him on my 16th birthday at the Civic Center in Providence. Wow. Yeah. And, well, this book, but I don't know. A book in general? The Painted Bird by Jersey Kaczynski. What's that about? It takes place in the Holocaust, and it's about a boy wandering Europe. I read it, I think, in eighth grade. My English teacher uh, signed it, and I never forgot about it.
1: Wow. Oh. Yeah,
2: it's fabulous.
1: I have to think about it, so you can process yours, too, look, Okay, I think so. I think for mine, I, I know for the music, because we had to look it up to make sure what the album title was, but... Synchronicity by the police. That was um, one of the first concerts that I saw. And it just, I listened to that music and it brings me right back to good friends and fun times. It's and, amazing how music will do that. Right? Yeah. I yep. mean, it's just, Definitely. you can smell things and taste things through so music. It's phenomenal. Yep. It is. It, it does. It hits all your senses yeah. for sure. Yeah. I love that. And um, movie. My all-time favorite movie was Grease, if you can believe that. Everybody <laughs> loves
2: Grease. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of it. So
1: <laughs> fun! It it just I remember just being with good friends watching that and just having a blast. And a book is a little harder for me, and I because I'm terrible with authors. Um, and there are so many books that I really like, but honestly, I loved my. Um, little house on the prairie series
0: i've always wanted to read it i have the box in you you
1: really should yeah Uh, the show was awesome but the books i don't know i feel like a book that also just lets you you envision the people and now they make so many books into series and movies i often can't watch the series because the characters in the book are so different from the actors that they've hired that it's horrible to me really uh, so you're not a fan of page to stage page I, not not so much like me. i tried I read Daisy and the Daisy Jones and the six and that was a very good very good book I tried to watch the series and hated it but the book was good
0: I didn't read the book I read um the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Okay. I didn't love it. And I read Malibu Rising, and I loved it. I think it's one of the greatest works of fiction ever written. See, now, we've yeah. heard
2: a couple of patrons have said the opposite, but that's funny how right. people can have such strong opinions on one book. Right. You know, and it might just hit you differently than it hit them. and Right. Yeah. You know, I never discount anybody's. I would read it for myself and decide. Right, and exactly. You never know.
0: Well, I think a lot of people's specific argument with that book was like they didn't like the characters and like nothing too intriguing happens in that book. But for me, all I need is a well rounded character and a whack ass plot. Yeah, I'm good I mean, with that. well, yeah. that's, I yeah. mean, that's, if the
2: plot's good, you could probably plow through anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes the books you like the most are the characters you hate the most.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. Know? And yeah. I think
2: that's true of TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hate the character, Right. They're doing something like Yeah. To evoke that kind of feeling.
0: Well, now with. Do y'all know what Book Talk is? I know what it
2: is, but I know. Okay.
0: Well, on Book Talk, like a. what well, and Bookstagram, like the whole thing. Right. Um, a really. Like a wave of these books about young white women who are super self centered and selfish and privileged is like on a move, basically. Um. And one of the discussions is, like, why do we like reading books about such hated characters? Like, they're so annoying, but we also love them so much because they're so clueless. I don't know. I feel like in some way I can live vicariously through them. It could be. <laughs> it could be. Or you could just be
2: like, why are they so awful?
0: Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. why, what makes them choose what they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess I have to choose mine. Yes. Okay, so I know for an album, for sure, I feel like I've waited my entire life for this one, actually, which is kind of funny, but uh, The Stranger by Billy Joel, I think, is one of the best things on the entire planet. Every song is a bop. Yeah. There's no reason why every song is correctly
1: written. It's too good for its own good. Like, oh. It is it is, he's very it is. and it's I think so everybody knows every word to every song. Yeah. On that album. Yeah. It's yeah. absurd. Yeah. Every song yeah. is a pop yeah. on it. Right. Yes.
0: Um, I think movie, I'd probably go with a classic Shrek. It's one of uh, my favorite movies yeah. of all time. I can quote parts of it. Yeah. Um, it's just iconic and I've seen it over a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Because my brother Matthew and I on Fridays we would sit in front of our TV and we would like watch those movies back to back. I feel yes. like if it's that good, you can watch it again and again because
2: yeah, right. you just love it and it makes you feel either calm or happy or yeah, sad. or right. Mm-hmm. I find that too, that I'm watching things over and over again just because I like the way it makes me feel.
0: Mm-hmm. And, it, and it has an iconic soundtrack, so I feel like that's also awesome. That yeah. is it true. Helps. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then for a uh, book, I don't know, my first thought was the book that basically changed my life and made me become a reader, which is called Alana of the Night by Tamara Pierce. I think it was written in the eight. It's about a girl who's a female knight in a world where there are no female knights. And so the four books go through her being 13 to, I think, 19 or no, probably like early 20, 23. Yeah. Um, And the sort of thing she goes through as pretending to be a boy and how that affects her and gives her like body dysmorphia and I loved it. I love stories where we get specifically female heroines who don't always want to be the hero. Where they're yeah. like, this is nonsense. This isn't real life. I can't want to do this for the rest of my life. And at some point, like, step away. Um, and that's a lot of her. You know, when she was like, I want to date boys. Like, I want to talk to them. And she starts wearing, like, wigs. I'm like, what are you doing? You're a warrior. I remember being 12, being like, this is a lie. Like, why would you want to put on a wig? You look so cool. With your orange-shaved head. Um, and just to sort of, like... Get that feeling once more again because I haven't read it for so long. So right. I feel like you know, having that drive and passion on a spiritual journey might give me you know some inspiration. I yeah. don't know. I might feel empowered by it. I think yeah. so. Maybe it'd be the whole quartet and not just the book, but whatever. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat. Right. Yeah, you go for it. do it. Thank definitely. You. Thank you. And so with that, I guess I'll wrap it up. Thank you both for joining me and thank you for everyone for listening. If you'd like to respond to the last chapter topic, send us an email at downtime at cranstonlibrary.org or reach out to us via social media with the hashtag downtimeCPL. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime.
3: Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Elena Rios, Nomi Haig, Robin Nizio, and me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza. And our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent those of the Cranston Public Library. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Cranston Public Library name, in all forms and abbreviation, are the property of its owners, and its use does not imply endorsement or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. The content of this episode is the property of the Cranston Public Library and may not be reproduced without express written permission. Join us next week for more Downtime.
0: Okay, wait, what's my question?